right, I have another topic of discussion for you all. I really hope the background noise isn't too loud. Here's the current situation. I don't know what is on my windshield. I think it's like salt and snow that cars in front of me have kicked up. But like, so my side windows look like fine. I can see them well. My front window is driving me nuts. I feel like, you know, when you put on dirty glasses, like I can see, like I can see the lines of the cars and thank goodness I'm gonna be like where I'm going by four. But um, like, oh, it looks so dumb and annoying right now. And also my windshield wipers, that's part of the noise that's on right now. It is like only working on the right side of my car. What am I supposed to do? Peer out the passenger side to see straight? This is so annoying. I don't know why it's not clearing my side, but like, so it's freezing out right now, like literally like one, two degrees maybe. So like, if I were to even go to a car wash or like, you know, those little things at the gas station where you put water on your windshield, wouldn't that just freeze right back over? Or like, I was thinking about getting Starbucks and then like, when I go get a cup of hot water and like maybe pour that over, but won't that just freeze instantly too? Like, I don't know how to fix this. Uh, I'm so hot and bothered by this right now. So... I figure podcasting might help me take my mind off it, but also my heat is blaring full blast at the front because I'm kind of hoping they'll help melt it off. So far, I see it clearing a little bit down the bottom edge, but I think it's more like salt than it is snow. Like, I don't really know if, like, heat's the problem, but then I'm thinking, how does salt stick to plexiglass, like the glass that's in a car? Like, why is it stuck on there so bad? I don't know. I don't really get what the heck is happening right now, and it's really piecing me off. But it's fine. Whatever. Okay. I have two ideas for where this episode could go. I can ask myself, like, deep ethical questions and see where my brain takes me. I think that could be fun. Or, okay, you know how Taylor Swift kind of, like, devised her life into eras? And they're very self-introspective. Like, I even think it's funny that she made such a big reputation era over the Kanye thing. I feel like she, she'd ignored it. It would have come and swept under the rug. Like, I feel like I forgot about it like, oh two days or something but like she just made it like part of her brand to have this like snake reputation era um so I was always thinking too like how do I perceive myself in my life I did this once and I actually wrote like in my notes app like the albums I would make if I made my life into albums so okay I can start with the ones I had like the ones I'd written the one time I did this note like years ago and then maybe I'll just edit them add to them refine them we can start there. Will that be a fun podcast episode for you guys? I think I think it could be cool. So, like, first I guess we can walk through the Taylor Swift eras. Like, would those relate to me, not relate to me? And then how it kind of determined my eras? Okay. So, what's Taylor Swift's first Oh, her first one is just Taylor Swift. I These are all rumors. No idea if anything's true. But I heard that, like, her parents bought thousands of the first couple of albums to help her be big. Like, it's just her name. It's really good. I like a lot of the songs on it. And it's just, like, it's very country. So she's, like, I think she's trying to take a country persona. I don't know if she did because she actually genuinely loved country and originally wanted to be a country artist before she ended up falling into pop. Or did, like, she know strategically she was going to get discovered for country in Nashville and she always wanted to do pop and then she switched into that later. Um, I don't know either of those, but I think those might determine, like, the first album I would have for myself. It's, like, is it me and who I really am? Is it who I am and how I want to be perceived? Because I think my first album, I'd call it, like, Cherry Pop. I think I would want the cover of me to be in, like, a little red or, like, a cherry or a polka dot top with, like, jean shorts. Like, 
I love it sitting on top of a pickup truck would be right because I didn't really like country music back in high school. But like sitting under a willow tree or something. I grew up in Wisconsin. I was pretty naturey. I think from a young age, a lot of people could tell I was kind of a city girl. I was extroverted. I loved art and music and pink and color. But I think a lot of another part of me was denied. But like my parents grew up in two big cities in Russia. My dad's from Moscow. My mom. Or other way around, my mom's from Moscow, my dad's from St. Petersburg. So, like, they were really excited to live in a house out in the suburbs, their own backyard, and spend time in nature all day. And, like, I think to this day I'm very grateful for it because, like, oh, my gosh, I'm passing ponies right now. They're so cute. Anyway, but um, I think the large part of why there's a big appreciation for nature now, I think it impacts, like, my designs and what I like about fashion. I like when it looks very natural and has organic lines. So I'm very grateful for that huge part of my personality growing up. But I think I definitely wasn't as into, like, the fun parts of my personality, like, of all the glamorous things I like, because my family wasn't really into that kind of stuff. So, um, I think it was kind of similar to Taylor's first album, where it's like, is it me and who I really am, or is it kind of who I want to be and how to be perceived? So I think the vibes of my first album, which is be, like, kind of like cutesy Wisconsin girl. Actually, this one I relate a lot to, Taylor Swift's first era. She's like, me being cute, kind of being told, being what I'm told to do, like, what being my high school are like, my parents are like, like, just... You know, I can't really go super far out of the box. Then my next album, I think I wanted to call it Portland Barbie. This is when my skating really starts taking me traveling. Um, and I went to Europe with my parents, which was so nice of them. They took me to Paris and Belgium. I think Belgium for my sisters, they have amazing, really cool architecture and really good food. And then Paris for me, because I begged and begged and begged to go to Paris back in seventh grade. So I've, I have, like, traveled a decent amount for how young I was. But, like, it's also different going on family vacations versus, like, traveling for yourself and for you and explore the things you want to do without the pressures of your parents there, I guess. So, skating really started giving me that outlet. One of my very first memorable travels was, I think, Nationals, or maybe the qualifier for Nationals was in Portland. I fell in love with Portland, and, like, as you guys know, it's a very, I'd say it's a very, like, contemporary city. It's very modern. It's ahead of the trends, I think. A lot of different um, athletic brands are there, and, like, it's, everything's a lot more, um, like, kind of hipster and cool. The food's all cool. Like, I love the food trucks, and I just had such a fabulous trip there. We happened to go, like, the one weekend of the year. It doesn't rain, so I just had the best time ever. I thought it was the prettiest city in the world. I was just, so, and it's just, like, a different kind of Barbie. It's, like, so I wrote this way before the Barbie movie ever, ever came out. It was just kind of, like, I finally, like, edging into these girly elements of myself, the things I've always really loved and liked to do, and then Portland was just the thing that I mean, see my whole life that way very romantically and wanting it all to be that forward and new and cool and I really like that so kind of my Portland Barbie era would be next like even though I'm still in the cold like I don't live anywhere super warm or anything like Portland's a rainy area like I'm still making the most of it and having so much fun enjoying the art of where I'm at so I see what's Taylor Swift's second album Fearless I think well I think Fearless is a very like emotionally raw album it's very like hormone driven I guess where it's not saying it's dramatic like highs and lows but she's very in tune with herself and like her feelings her heartbreaks like I don't really have any heartbreaks at this point I'm kind of just in my like wonderlust era like so excited to start making my life my own and taking everything in like I hadn't really super had anything dramatic happen to me yet then is it bad I don't know if her next album is Rather Speak Now because I kind of get confused after the re-releases. I think she re-released Red for she re I think the next one's Speak Now. And Speak Now is my favorite album, so I should know that. But I think it's Speak Now. 
I think speak now honestly has a similar vibe to my Portland Barbie album it's like very dainty like there are some sad songs on it but they're sad kind of in like a cute way it's a very romantic album um so that's her third album I think my third album let me see what I had down. Oh, my next one is Gold for Breakfast. This is when my skating like reached its peak and it was honestly my entire life. And I have so many emotional things where if I were a musical artist, that's what I would have been writing about. It literally would have been about traveling to Austria and Croatia and nationals, my figure skating team and meddling in those places and the ambition and the highs you feel from that and the work ethic that drives you to get there. It'd be a very euphoric album. It's I would imagine the cover being like a tea party with like, you know, gold leaf, like gold for like that edible gold that they can put on food and stuff. Just like us eating like a really cutesy, fancy tea version of gold, like feeling like on top of the world, like I'm at my peak. It's a very victorious album. Like, you know, the song Victorious, like that would be the vibe of it. It would be super like awesome and upbeat, like Firework by Katie Beery, like very awesome. Cool. I'm thinking of like Janice Ian from Mean Girls, where it's like, do you just soak up each other's awesomeness? Uh, uh, but it'd be a really like that girl kind of album. So let me think which other sort of album. That's kind of like Fearless. It's like gold vibe. What else is like kind of similar to? Not really Lover, but kind of. Uh, the, I think that one might be the closest one. No, probably a lot like 1989. Probably like, yeah, probably like 1989. It's just like, well, eh. um, that would be that. But it's also a lot of like grinding or like, what's that one song? It's in Pitch Perfect 2 and it's in Percy Jackson 2 where it's like, let him up, 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 I'm on fire, that one. I love that song. It makes my blood churn and course all over my body. I think it's phenomenal. I actually think Panic, no, not Panic of Disco, Fall Out Boy maybe sings it. I might be mixing up a lot of different boy bands that are not related. I have no idea. But, like, it was, like, uh, 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 um, that's the one. Also, okay, I think it would be a super fun podcast episode to play the beginnings of songs and see how long it would take me and my friends to guess them. Like, songs on my Spotify playlist and see how mainstream they are. I just think it would be funny. I don't know if I run into music copyright issues with that, but that's not related. Okay. So, I think I would have, like, a gold for breakfast era. So, that's kind of me through high school. First, it's, like, me being a good little girl and doing what I'm told and not really having a personality and knowing what's going on. Then it would be like, oh my gosh, I love traveling and clothes and being happy and my friends, la 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 la. Like, kind of la la landy. And then it would be like, wow, I'm on top of the world. No one can touch me. See you later. I worked so hard for this. Okay. Then I go to college and I think that goes right. Yep. Okay. The next album I would have called it would be Mad Scientist. I'm pitching the album, me being like upside down. I think it's. It's not Zendaya, actually, but it's Hannah Harrell. She has a picture where she's in, like, a black and white striped jumpsuit inspired by one of Zendaya's outfits on the red carpet. And she's like, has her hands pressed up against the wall with her head to the side. Really, and it's, like, very dramatic lighting. You, like, really see her, like, cheekbone in it, I think. I would do something like that upside down. Like, black and white, like Mad Scientist. Maybe my hair is crazy falling down. Maybe I have, like, red wine somewhere. This, I feel like, is kind of, like, my reputation era. Taylor Swift's next era is red. Honestly, I don't think I liked the Red album. I think just a lot of the songs became radio songs. So when she was her blowing up, so I just got sick of them. Like, never ever getting back together. I knew you were trouble. What was her other one? Shake It Off. Like, oh, no, Shake It Off's in 1989. But, like, whatever. They were, like, all really genuinely, like, objectively good songs. I just kind of got, like, sick of hearing them. But I do like the 10-minute version of All Too Well. I am a fan. But, like, I don't really think, know if I have an era like that because I think it's very good and reflective and healing and kind of getting over a breakup but is it bad I don't know if I have an era like that I don't know we'll see I don't think I have a red era I really don't I also don't like red lipstick on me so that checks out 
but I think that'll be like mad scientist be my reputation there. I started college and I like totally became like stepped into a new person. Not in like a bad way. I was just like kind of all the parts of personally I held back in high school I didn't anymore. I was so confident. I was trying so many new things. I was like dating the first time really and like everything was just it was a mad scientist. Like genuinely like as a scientist in the way I was trying new things, but it was kind of mad where there was no rhyme or reason to it. I was you couldn't tell if I was a genius or just so dumb I was being crazy. Like it was craziness. So I think that would go well after like Golden Era because it's still on a high intensity of music and like my teenage hormones are firing, but it's a it's a kind of a different vibe of it. So that'd be my freshman year of college. Then we got sucked back into COVID. I think I got like a little depressed at first at the start of COVID because I'm so extroverted. It sucked from like finally having my freedom to go back to like sucked in to my parents' house and not being able to leave and see this world. I just finally discovered and got to make my own. But after two months, I kind of stopped being depressed and like learned to love being still and being where I'm at. Kind of back to almost that first album, like the cherry pop, like, oh, I love Wisconsin. My friend's here and the nature here and I'm happy and have a will to live again. Um, and I'm feeling good. And this is once I've like healed, I guess that's my healing era. Maybe that's my red era is like, it's depressing, but also like I'm reviving and living my life and becoming anew. And that's why I met my current boyfriend. Sorry, I passed the graveyard. Oh, I don't know if I closed my breath close enough. I think I might have bad luck for that one. Boom. Oh, it's going to have bad luck with a stupid windshield. It's making me so aggressive. Whatever. So then what would I call that era? Because I'm a little depressed, but then I'm healing. Um, oh, I wrote down, like, a stealthy era. Like, maybe I would call it, like, ninja or stealth or something. Where it was, like... Uh, so, because of COVID, to, like, see anyone, I'd have to, like, sneak out to do it. So, I kind of had the thing with a guy where I would, like, sneak out to see him. Sorry my parents hear this. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm the worst daughter ever. Uh, but we would go on, like midnight car rides it wasn't even just with him i didn't even have like guy friends we would like just sneak out and like have fun with or my friends would sneak me out we go get like taco bell like i didn't do anything bad it's not like i went clubbing i just like literally missed sitting on a picnic blanket with my friends under the trees in summer and like talking to someone and it was even like hard to be on the phone with people all day because i'm like i'm in my parents house my parents can hear everything um so it like just sucks because there's nowhere to go so that was like my stealth era like i was like quietly humbling or like grinding in silence. I had to go through like one heartbreak in there and got over it. So sure, maybe that's my red era is like kind of stealthy ninja. Like maybe the album cover would be like all black and just like my eyes showing if they're peeking through like kind of a ski mask, but I guess more like a slit. I don't know. Does that make any sort of sense to anyone whatsoever? I don't know. Or maybe I just don't release an album. Maybe I just like be quiet for a second. I don't know. Then, okay. After my so-called stealthy era, I feel like the next three eras I wrote down in my notes app are kind of all the same era. I said like cotton candy, Ferris wheel, and snow globe. I think they're all kind of the same thing. So once COVID lifts, I get to go explore the world again. I'm a bit more mature now because I've gone through like making a lot of mistakes in my mad scientist area. I've learned a lot about who are good and bad people in my life. Um, and then I need to go reflect during all of COVID. Honestly, I feel like COVID was a lot my, like, Olivia Rodrigo era more so than the Taylor Swift one. There's a lot of, like, just sad, introspective reflection. There's songs like Brutal where I'm really intense and angry. And then there's songs like Two Steps Forward, One Step Back or whatever where I'm, like, really sad and melancholy. And then there's happy songs where I'm finding myself and wanting my friends again and stuff like that. 
and like thinking about the world and the condition of it outside of me, myself, and my experience and who I am. So it's almost like an Olivia Rodrigo era there. And maybe that's similar to like folklore. And like, no, nah, folklore is really sad though, kind of. I don't know. And I think the reflective songs are like folklore. Maybe it's Evermore. Evermore is honestly the album first I probably listened to the least. But like, I know she has some happy songs in there and some sad ones in there. So maybe like that would be my COVID era. Then it would go into like, then it's kind of my 1989 lover. Like I'm just celebrating my, like that is some of the happiest I've ever been. I think that's some of the closest I've been to happy um, after my golden era, like the gold for breakfast era. Like I'm just on such a high, I'm basically almost living in Chicago at this point. I have an internship down there and I'm making so many friends there, both through school and through my internship. Like I feel like the city wants me there. I love being there. I'm going to Lollapalooza. I mean, my boyfriend went together. Like. I'm just traveling all over when I go back to school. I'm going to Colorado, Florida on the weekends, going on spring break with my friends, like traveling with skating. Like I'm coming back to who I am and what I love to do. And I think there was just no major problems in my life. There's not really any one defining thing I look back on that bummed me out for an extended amount of time. Like sure, there'd be an exam here and there or a professor that wasn't like ideal or something. Or like I don't get a job offer I went up for or something. But nothing, like, I was sad about over a day or two. Like, most of my life was riding such a high of, like, being just very happy. And and there were so many different experiences, which is why I think a lot of really cool and fun songs come on. And I'm, like, falling in love for the first time. So that would be, like, so, yeah, I guess that's, like, my lover era, having lots of fun. Okay, I kind of got off track from where Taylor was at. So Taylor went 1989, lover, reputation. Okay. Then... Let's see here. After all of that happiness, when do things kind of start to change? I guess, I mean, my senior year of college was still really happy. Um, but okay, I think it's changed after I went to LA for an internship my junior year because I think LA made me grow up a lot. That's the first time I've really lived on my own. So like the summer before I had a remote internship because it was still the summer after COVID. So things are still pretty remote. And so I was traveling a ton. I went to see my friend in New York. I saw my boyfriend in Cleveland. I went to Lollapalooza. Like I was still traveling a lot, but like I was mainly living at home doing a remote internship. I just traveled a ton. And like our college is still on lockdown. So it's not like the full college craziness travel experience. Like I'm traveling as much as I can, but still like going to Colorado, as I mentioned, or beaches in Florida. Like it's not packed crowds really yet there was a lot of palooza but like that was kind of it where then once i moved to la covid's kind of for the most part over i think most of the restrictions with it are like basically gone so i would call this album in the sun x undone and i honestly would release two versions of the exact same album called one in the sun called one undone it'd have two different covers if i made a vinyl when you like move the vinyl it would switch to both so in the sun i would want to be like me and my friends in like a gold convertible leaning our heads back laughing maybe like holding up champagne glasses driving down a sunny street in california and then undone it would like flip over and like it'd be an optical illusion where it looks kind of like the same but be us maybe like dancing on couches in like a black and white club or something because that's when like i actually really start going clubbing not just to like college bars and like I'm just letting go and being free but I'm not doing anything wrong like it's not mad scientist where I'm kind of like not I don't want to say like self-harm but like self-sabotaging I'm not like making mistakes like I'm having fun and being free and learning the world and being like and also really developing myself as a student and as a young professional so I'm like having a lot of fun in the sun enjoying LA and enjoying my senior year of college and I'm also just like having a blast like making really deep memories with these core groups of people who I think really see me and see me for who my heart is and having just so much fun so 
I think In the Sun, X Undone is also kind of riding that high, but also being a bit more mature about it. It's a slightly more mature album than Lover. It's not as big of a difference between like Lover to Evermore, where it goes from a very super fun, crazy, upbeat album to a super introspective album, but it's more like as of going from Lover to like Midnight's. I would say this might be my, is Midnight's a sad album? No, I feel like there's happy songs on it. Yeah, I think this is like my Midnight's album where it's like, hey, I'm the problem, it's me. Like it's kind of making fun of yourself for messing up. Like you don't take everything so serious and melancholy anymore. It's just, it's fine, I'm learning. Like it's, nothing's that deep. Like I'm just good. Like every, even the bad things are learning things. Like it's okay, like it's all good. So that would be my Midnight's era. So I think this is my senior year of college. And then I don't think I gave myself a name for what my current thing is. Oh, okay. I actually did make a post-grad album. I felt really lost after graduation for a second because I graduated a semester early. So all of my college friends are still in college. But then I, well, I've mentioned this in an episode before where like a lot of my college friends were also a year older than me. And like my high school friends are also still in college. Except my best friend also graduated early. So like, what would I do without her? Um, and one of my other really good friends from school, Josh, he also graduated early with me. But, like, besides those three, like, most people in my life either were still in college or they graduated a year prior. So, like, they already kind of set themselves up and had a community in their new cities. And, like, also it sucks that I wasn't working in the city of Chicago where a lot of my friends were. I was a little bit outside in, like, a suburbs office. So, like, there's a little phase where I just felt very lost I guess because like a lot of my friends were still like I'm not saying my whole life was partying but like it was college life like it was you're in the safe bubble where you're meant to mess up and learn and have fun and be rambunctious go to Nashville for a weekend like and I still do that honestly but it's like it's different it's a different environment than the real world like some of my co-workers have children or grandchildren like it's I just was kind of having this polar and it, so it was really different when I met like grown adults in Los Angeles a lot of them were also so fun loving worldly and I'm not saying the people like in the Midwest aren't but I think there's a different kind of status quo that's different from the one in LA I think LA is a lot more encouraging of your wild side where I felt at least in the company I worked for it felt like not to show that part of me that I felt like I should be a good girl angel no, and I felt like I couldn't really show who I was, but it's okay because, like, I like business. I liked what I was doing, and I don't mind being more professional at work and showing myself properly, but, like, I just felt like people didn't really see me the way I did in the fashion company I worked in Los Angeles. I felt kind of trapped, so I jumped out wanted to make a little album called like it's just water where it's like you know that kim kardashian where kim's like opening a champagne glass and it's like shooting up overhead like a rainbow arc and landing in like a champagne glass like popped up on her booty i don't think i completely recreate that but something like that where it's like a martini or something i call like it's just water like maybe like a you know smart water has like a little goldfish in the bottle like maybe a martini that like looks like a smart water bottle where i had like the blue drop with the goldfish where like it looked like i was sipping like water out of a martini glass or something i don't know where it was like I was trying to act like this new young professional I was so ambitious so hungry to be successful but like I guess I was having this identity crisis because like I had so much hunger to show my work ethic and my integrity and to be good but, like when you're young there's just only so much responsibility they give you when you're in your first steps of an entry-level career where I was like I just want more like I want to do everything like I want to help them when I can and it's just you have to do a lot of training when you start in new corporate jobs even if you were an intern like it's a lot of the entry-level steps, like, a lot of it is, like, and I agree with it, too. It's, like, even now I've been a buyer for a year, but I still think there's a lot of things I'm not going to know until I'm in this role for years. Like, you just need to see things through the season, through different year-long cycles, see what patterns emerge, 
and like there's just things you need to earn with time and you don't have that luxury when you're brand new in an industry, unfortunately. And like I did everything I think I possibly could have in college. I joined every fashion organization that was involved inside the bandwidth for, did fashion internships above the average person, did marketing internships above the average person. Like I think I made a goal when I started college to graduate with seven or eight internships. I don't actually count through if I did it or not. COVID might have messed with it, but also might have helped it. So I did have one my winter like vacation like you know in between semesters i did have like a winter internship my freshman year i like helped do hr marketing for an insurance company like recruiting insurance agents it was not fun it, that woman still reaches out to me asks me to work for a company sometimes I'm like girl like you and i both don't want to work in fashion like just no one was hiring freshmen in college like and i appreciate well so you know what's funny is i knew i wasn't qualified for the role so my dad told me like apply everywhere see what happens so i applied for the role of like an insurance salesperson and i knew i wasn't qualified at all but i got an answer back from them they're like come to the office i was like done coming so I come in and after talking to them, they're like, well, you killed your interview. Like you're clearly a phenomenally brilliant young woman. Like you have a lot of thoughts and ideas, but like, yes, you are not an insurance salesperson. I'm like, I know, but like I show it to the job and they're like, okay, we think we can do like a make a marketing position for you while you're in the winter. You can help our like hiring team. You can make like flyers and email blasts. And I did like a couple of cold calls, like um offering people to come in to interview if we like i would like look through resumes and see if they were qualified and bring them in and stuff so it was a really great like hr admin marketing internship assistant thing it was cool so i did have that my first semester my freshman year then summer of my freshman year why am i blanking on what i did wasn't that oh that was covid i was like why do i feel like the whole world paused yeah because because it did um Summer freshman year, I couldn't do anything. Like, everyone was closed, but I did. So, like, when school semester went online during COVID, I feel like everyone checked out. Professors didn't know how to really administer online exams yet. Like, it, school was so easy, but I took the initiative. I didn't take the easy high road. I We had this client project for Hollister, like the jeans company you guys are thinking of in the mall. And kind of everyone else in my group, I feel like, almost dropped the ball with it. Um, I feel like everyone else, even these two girls I respect a lot, I think are very good marketers today. Um... They kind of just checked out with COVID, but I pretty much did the whole project and my professor kind of knew it. And she gave me a lot of props where credit was due. We couldn't present to the client in the end because COVID, like there were no reps in the office anymore. But she really, really, my professor extends to recognize appreciate my effort. I ended up in her capstone and killed it my senior year. I ended up in business honors because of how well I did in that half of a semester I had her in person. Plus the half semester we did at home, I impressed her so much that I got into business honors, which is like the top 3% of our business school in each grade. Like it only takes 35 people. I think marketing majors is only like five of the 35 people. So that was really cool. So I got into business honors, which is phenomenal. So even though I did have an internship, I did do that. And then I got two internships. I, that fall, I started with someone in the honors college and business recommended me to work for this startup entrepreneurial consulting firm. So I started that, I believe September of my freshman year. And then winter of my freshman year, I just started dating my boyfriend in November and we were on FaceTime once on LinkedIn applying to jobs. I came across this company called Cove Chicago. Love them, shout them out. I was like, well, they have the cutest logo ever. Okay, I'm gonna apply here. They were looking for a marketing intern and I got it and I loved it. It gave me access, that's the shoot internship I worked in Chicago. It gave me access to the world of Chicago sports, fashion, media, publishing. It was kind of just a media company. Look them up on Instagram, they're so cool. The CEO is the one of the most brilliant, genuine, ambitious women I've ever met. 
and she's fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I cannot say enough good things about her. Like, I really, I've never been one to be like best friends with my coworkers just because I want a professional distance. They're like, I'll be close to you. I'll be as close as I possibly can be with you creatively and professionally. But just like, I still think there should be a personal separation. This is the first time where I felt like I was best friends with our team. Like we even call each other like family sometimes. Like it really did feel that way. The dynamic of like her, her like right hand brand manager, like brand advisor, our photographer, but he was also kind of like a business finance advisor. And then me and the other marketing intern, like me and the marketing intern are still like best friends to this day. Like I'm going to see her in a few weeks and I can't wait. Um, but like we're all, it really felt like a family. It felt like brothers and sisters. It was an, such an incredible working environment. I think we accomplished so much all together because we were all creative, but also hardworking, logical, and ambitious, and such a rational, rounded out, well done group. It was cannot say enough good things on the experience. And I love my other internship too because I was working with people in I think there's one person literally almost every continent. So I learned how to work and that one was very professional. It was like we were using boards like Asana, which is kinda like teams meetings and stuff. It it really definitely rounded me out, made me more professional. And I got another internship from, so we did consulting for entrepreneurs. I was on the marketing intern, so I helped do their internal, like, social media is helping them get entrepreneur clients. And one of the clients really liked me. One of the interns made a project to start a podcast. It's called Dear First Time Founder. If you guys want to hear the podcast, I, like, helped advise a little bit on the branding when I was an intern. And it was also really cool working for those two startups because when you're in a startup, you get a lot more say as an intern, which I didn't really realize when you go to corporate, like you don't get that much say when you're starting out, even entry level in your first year. Like it's because it was a startup that I had so much say in the marketing strategy, the graphic design strategy, and I really loved it, which is how I know one day I'm going to thrive in those leadership roles because I thrived under that pressure when I worked at a startup. But I, I like corporate structure. I like having that bigger nationwide scale and say and bigger budgets. I think I will do great in a large company, but I did enjoy the startups too. Like there was a lot, a lot of merit to it. Another <sighs> Another graveyard, sorry. Okay. Um, what was I just discussing? Oh, the second time founders internships. Like, that was super cool. So I had two internships. So I'm at three by the time I'm starting second semester of my sophomore year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I do freshman year, fall semester, the winter HR internship, then freshman spring semester, get sent home for COVID, do the Hollister project, have two internships going to fall my sophomore year. Then it's winter my sophomore year. I'm still working at Cove and Second Time Founders. They both extended my internships because of how good I did. Then spring of my sophomore year, I'm still doing Cove. I do Cove that summer. Like while I'm in Chicago for Lollapalooza and stuff, I'm doing work with Cove. Then start of my junior year, I'm applying to internships. I land guests. So summer of my junior year, I worked at guests. Winter of my, so I'm now I'm at four internships. So winter of my junior year, did I have, I did not have an, oh no, that wouldn't have been guess yet. That would have been Land's End. When did I do Land's End? Land's End was the summer of my sophomore year. So then also I landed my Land's End PR and creative brand internship while I was working for Cove spring of my sophomore year. 
and it, that was an amazing experience too. I really, really liked Land's End. All the people were so nice, and I went above and beyond. So it was COVID, so the entire internship was remote. But I went above and beyond. I reached out to like every single time we had an intern panel where someone who's like some kind of director, whether it be of operations, fashion design, marketing. Every time we had a panel, I would personally email them after the panel was over. But hey, these are like the biggest takeaways I took. I want to learn more about it. And a couple times I drove up to the headquarter, even though we were remote, it's about an hour and a half drive from my parents' house. I drove up to their headquarters. I met with my like personal intern advisor because she was on the graphic or she was on the design design team. Like she designed the lands and accessories. So I went and shattered her. I love the color lab. That was my favorite part is going in to see how they like pick the colors that would go into the clothes and how meticulous it was. That was so cool. So I got to see what it's like to be a fashion designer, a marketer, and I saw the director of stores, and I we toured a Lansdowne store together, and she was so impactful. She was so nice. Thank you for doing that if you ever hear this. Um, I definitely took a lot of interest in my intern project, and so at the same time, I was working at Cove, and then the founder who ran her own influencer marketing firm only for, like, um, Fortune 500 companies, like Ranch was one of my clients, those Tile phone trackers one of my clients, like Bona and Tide Floor Care were both clients of mine. Um... I helped her pretty much. I wasn't really like an intern. I kind of think project aid is what I put on my resume for it is like, um, what I did is I would help her design decks that she would pitch to potential clients like, um, tiles. She would be like, okay, here's tiles campaign. Will you help me design their deck and come up with a marketing strategy for them to integrate with influencers? So I would go on a database. I would find what influencers I think Tide should use for that particular campaign. I would Photoshop example posts of it. I would come up with hashtags that would drive the strategy on how many people I thought it would reach. It was honestly a really, really amazing opportunity. I enjoyed it a lot. I totally would have worked for her company like if we kept in touch and stuff, but I think because I was doing so much too, and I really did have a fashion focus, I think that is something I lead with a lot. So, but it was such good experience that early on, like, and this was before influencer marketing was as big as it is now to be that early in my career, learning influencer marketing hands-on, because that's a huge asset to companies is understanding how to work with influencers. And I got that experience as um, a sophomore going to my junior year of college. So that was incredible. And obviously I'm working, not really with influencers, but I'm working with like notable public figures at Cove because we're interviewing them for media campaigns. So that was really cool. Um, like I was with guys who are like verified, like NBA guys. I got to interview a fashion designer who designed for Express. Like I got to work with these very real designers it was, and wonderful people. Dancers from Joffrey Ballet in Chicago was very cool. It was incredible. Actually, is it Joffrey Bentley or is it something, is it called something else? I might have messed that up, but whatever. Anyway. Um, but it was really, really cool. And I loved every single one of those internship experiences. Like, not a single bad experience. I think the only reason it didn't come to full time is, like, what's meant for you will come for you, I guess. It was, like, great fits, but it's so hard for a company to, like, evaluate as early as I was on, like a freshman, sophomore, to evaluate if I'm going to be the right fit for a full-time employee in two years when I'm a senior, you know? But they were all great, great, incredible experiences. So how many internships am I at? So I've had four as of Cove, Second Time Founders, Insurance, and Land's End, plus the marketing one. So now we're at five. Then, okay, yeah, I think I reached my seventh. Sweet. We'll see, but I think I did. So then... I start my junior year. Um, I think I'm still kind of like advising with Cove, but I think I'm less of like an intern. And I think I've been promoted to marketing coordinator and was actually helping like in a more full-time capacity and eventually I became more of an advisor. Like she brought on a, a new like set of fresh eyes, like another team. Um, 
because I was getting close to the point where I need a full job offered. It was also a startup. So she's like, I can't really pay you like the salary you would want. I'm like, no, that's fine. Like we're still besties and like it all worked out. But like I always wish her company the most love and support. She got to go with Lululemon to New York Fashion Week this year. And I'm so happy with her. Like she's incredible. She's doing a lot with Red Bull and the women's NBA. Go look at Coach Chicago's Instagram. Like they really do so much. This was, she didn't ask me to say any of this. I don't even actually know if she knows about this podcast. She's a busy woman. She's on top of my podcast. But <laughs> um, then, okay, what am I on? So junior year, I land guests pretty early in the fall of my junior year. I land, which was my dream internship. So I got my event marketing internship at Guess, and it's all I could have won in the entire world. I land that internship. And so that winter, I don't think I had an internship because I'm like, I'm set up for like guests and our winter term is only a month long. So there's really not a ton of month long fashion internships because like to go out to New York or LA for a month, like it's so much travel just to get an intern out there. Like I don't, I also just even see any opportunities to apply to. Like I tried, there just really wasn't a lot out there, but I did work at David's Bridal as a bridal stylist. I started doing that during COVID just to like make money. And I loved it. I loved being a bridal stylist. I just missed doing more overhead strategy instead of working with like customers one-on-one. But being a stylist was so fun, especially in the wedding industry. We will have to do a whole episode about like my dream wedding and what I love about weddings, how passionate I am about weddings. I'm obsessed with weddings. If you guys ever need me to help plan any detail of your wedding, call me. DM me so fast. I love weddings. It is such a magical, cute thing that people do. Like, we're just these two little animals put on earth, and we decide to, like, bring all of our closest, most important people in our life together with flowers and cake and have the happiest day of our lives. Like, I don't I don't care. I know there's a lot of drama with weddings, and I know there's all sorts of conflicts with it, but I'm obsessed with them. The fashion of them, the location. It's just, like, the most unique thing ever. It's, it's party planning at its most elegant but most fun and Oh, there's flowers, there's yummy pastries, there's cute venues, indoor, outdoor, beautiful dresses. Everyone else is wearing beautiful dresses and men have to dress up and behave and be nice. And I love it. Oh my gosh. I love weddings. Okay. Not word. All right. Also, I will say like, I would never judge anyone for like, oh, I'm not getting married. I'd be like, okay, cool. Go for you. Like save that bang, like save that money. And like, um, I was like, make your bank. I don't even know where I was going with that. Whatever. Like, go on a month-long trip to Australia. Like, yeah, there's better things. Put a down payment on the house. Like, there's better things to spend your money on in a wedding. Like, it's basically like a overpriced birthday party you throw for yourself. Like, absolutely. But it's so freaking cute. Oh, anyways. At my wedding's going to be the wedding in the century. I can't wait for everyone. It's going to be like Princess Diana level. It's going to be wonderful. Who's paying for it? I don't know. Mm, figure that out later. Whatever. Later, I need the problem. But... Anyways, I loved working at David's Bridal. So even though there was an internship, I did do that all of my junior year. So then junior year fall, um, I'm sure throughout all of this too, I'm doing client projects for my business, for training my business school. I cannot even tell you all of them off the top of my head. I would need to see an itemized list. And they were all really impactful to me. Like if you were one of my um, clients, it's not like I forgot about you. It's like it was really impactful and hard work while I was doing it. I was just doing so much with all my internships, being a friend, living in my life, traveling. Like I honestly don't even remember what – if I was not dr- like on the road, I could go and think about it. But I was – another episode maybe. Okay, honestly, if I finish this whole tangent of Taylor Swift eras and my internships, maybe I will make you guys another episode about what I love on weddings and um, all the client... Pro- oh, I don't know if I'm in the mood to talk about client projects. I think I would want to bring on one of my brothers from my business friend. We could talk about it together because I don't even want to, like, rehash all alone. It's almost like 
I'm not saying it's like trauma, but it was like a lot of late nights and a lot of work and a lot of Excel. Like I'm down with rehash that right now. I'll talk about wedding dresses. We can do that. It was so funny because I met my boyfriend. I was working at David's Bridal. So I would like send him pictures of wedding dresses all day. I'd be like, oh my gosh, my customer bought this one. I thought it was so cute. Your sister's getting married. I could see her looking really good in this one. And you know what's funny? The dress that I said I could see her looking really good in, her wedding dress was really scary similar and she looked stunning in it. Um, yeah, anyways, whatever. And like, so it was just funny that like we were literally in the talking phase and I was sending him wedding dresses and like engagement rings. I like, but it's just like, that was my life. Like that was my child. I was around it all day long but it was really funny. We talked about something really funny yesterday that I think you guys will like. So I was having like kind of high thoughts while well, I was on, but whatever. I was having like a late night conversation with my friend, my bestie, my friend Jenna, and she hears like the thoughts that usually no one else in my life gets to hear except, except everyone on this podcast. But pre this podcast, like she was the only person in the world who I used to let like hear some of this nonsense that would spew into my brain sometimes. And we were talking about, like, boys, so it's funny where I think we kind of come from a similar place where it comes to guys, but, like, our lives have always been full whether or not we're actively dating someone. Like, we find our fulfillment within ourselves, and, like, if there's a boy, like, okay, fun, it's exciting, and, like, we'll obviously talk about it with each other, but it's never, like, a driving motivator in either of our lives. Like, there's so much else both of us are interested in, like... And I think it's also, too, like, why we're so close of friends. It's, like, even though I have a boyfriend, like, I would say I text and call her more than I text and call my boyfriend. But also, he's not the kind of guy that goes on his phone very often. Like, he texts and calls me more than anyone. And, like, it's just, yeah. It's it's not, like, I'm picking. Like, I even said that to her. Like, if I'm on the call with her my boyfriend calls me, I'm, like, hang up and answer him because, like, he never. Like, now I'm not saying he never calls, but, like, he's just not on his phone as often. But, like, me and her are on our phones with each other more often. But anyway, so we're on the phone together. It's like 2 a.m. I'm taking a little gummy. I'm staring at my ceiling. And, but I'm not like, I'm in entry level happiness, okay? And so she's talking about like the kind of guy that she likes or whatever. And it's kind of in the back of our minds, like this, we call it her lore, like the lore she has, the guy she has a crush on at her law school. Um, I wish she's not going to come in for playing this on here. But don't worry, I don't think he's listening to your besties podcast. So I think you're good. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Um, <laughs> she's going to kill me. Uh, she also do a lot of true crime podcasts, so this is the last episode you guys hear. It's because Jen killed me, okay? But, <laughs> like, we always make this inside joke. Once in high school, we were at my friend's hot tub, and she, like, out of nowhere just announced, like, guys, if we put a lid on here, you could cook someone in here. You could cook someone alive. And we all just look at her, like, we all just, like, slowly and chill. We're like, all right, that's enough Ted Bundy files for you. Not going to show you in the new Jeffrey Dahmer movie. It was just funny. Anyways, so we're having this late night talk, and uh, in the back of our minds is, like, just boy stuff, whatever. And I was saying, I was like, you know what I think? I think I figured out how girls need to find their soulmates. And this theory really checks out with all our friends and their boyfriends that are in good, healthy relationships versus our friends who had boys and it didn't work out. I think the boy that's meant for you is the guy who is as much of a girl's girl as he can be. He will relate to as much of your girly drama as possible. He's the kind of guy that will take as much of your side as he can without giving you the ick. Does that add up? Like, he will be as much of a girl's girl as he can without icking you out. We're like, say, I have some guy friends where I'm like, oh my gosh, I really need a pedicure. He's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you do. Your feet look like poo. Let's go. Like, I'll go with you. Like, obviously I adore that I wish that was my soulmate but like that gives me the ick like now we're just gal best friends like we can't be like sexually active with each other that's not gonna happen you know 
so like they're as much of a girl's girl as they can be like so relatable to the parts of your like the soft cute feminine size of your personality or if you're not a feminine girl like whatever your girl whatever you would consider a girl's girl like you know your girl best friend who's like there for you thick and thin like you could be like oh hey i just shoved someone will you help me put them in the lake they're like oh my gosh yes girl i'm sure they deserved that i'm sure that was on them like i'm kidding but do you guys do you guys know what I mean? Or am I too deep into the TikTok slam, slang and my like losing brain cells and not making sense? I think I'm making sense. I think you all get it. I think you're all following and if you wish you weren't, like I think there's a part of you that wishes you didn't understand what I'm saying, but you guys get it, okay? So as much of a girl's girl as they possibly can be, be like, oh my gosh, you look so cute in that dress without giving you the ick. Yeah. I think that's everyone's soulmate because that's so subjective and personal to each person. So I was telling my boyfriend that theory and he's like, okay, yeah, I see that. Cause he's like, I wouldn't describe myself as a girl's girl. I was like, no, I wouldn't describe as a girl's girl either. You're like our guy friend, but none of my friends can call you our girl's girl. But like you could come hang with the girl's girls. Like you're as much of a girl's girl as you can be without giving me personally the ick. Like, yes, you are like my macho manly man in the way I want you to be. And like the way I'm personally attracted to, but like someone, other people like attracted to Harry Styles. Like everyone's got a different level of what gives them the it, and that's how you find your soulmate. It's the person that reaches your maximum level of girly girlness without giving you the it. And yeah, so I tell him the theory, and he's like, okay, what is it for guys? I'm like, ooh, I will think on that for you next time I have these late night thoughts. I will really struggle. And he goes, maybe it's like the craziest girl I can find without her like wanting to kill her, or like her being like legally, actually, clinically, insanely crazy. I'm like, huh. That might just be for you. I don't think that's universal to all men because you like crazy girls. But good for you. I'm glad you're self-aware because it's true for me for sure. He found, like, the craziest girl he could, but, like, still normal enough that it's all right. Um, I don't know. I'm still here, so whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Um. So we're talking about internships. <laughs> oh, and then we're talking about Taylor Swift arrows. Okay. So then I work at Guess. And then, oh, I did only six internships. I guess I didn't technically do seven because then after guest wraps up, it's fall of my senior year, and then I could either go back to guest, but I kind of decided I want to live in Chicago because I have family stuff going on at home and I want to stay close to home. I'm not quite ready to like leave and be across the country from all of my friends yet. So I started applying places in Chicago. But because I graduated early, and started working oh my gosh i just said where i work darn it i'm gonna have to cut that out so my place of work doesn't kill me darn it so i have nothing bad to say about it i like where i work oh whatever okay anyway so i start working at the new place i work and still currently work and because i started working there before i graduated or like I did graduate, like I graduated December 2022, but technically I was supposed to graduate May 2023. So that would have been like four years in college. So I guess my goal of having seven internships before I graduated in May was accomplished. Plus I worked at David's Bridal, plus I did like seven different client projects. I did them really well and I did a capstone. So can we say I accomplished my seven internship school? Because I think once my freshman year, I like calculated out. I was like, okay, the, between the number of winter and summer breaks, because you don't get like the summer break after senior year, to have an internship every single break, you need seven. So I kind of did it. I'm going to count it. Whatever. Okay. Oh, I'm so mad I named out my company. I've been so good about it because I, I don't think they would be mad about it. I'm like, honestly, I am so scared for the day someone like at work or my job finds this because like obviously part of this is like 
not to go viral, but like to build a following so I can add this to my marketing portfolio and like show I built something up from scratch to show how good my like marketing and design skills are. But like by getting a lot of reach, especially the one that worries me is TikTok and Instagram because they really pull from your contacts to pull stuff out. Like obviously I had to use my personal email to like set up these accounts. That is what I'm really scared of. I think if one of my coworkers found it, the worst I could see happening is they would like show the people in the office and maybe a manager would overhear it. I'm more worried like about the managers. I don't know what they do. I don't know. And like the more I overthink it, I'm like, is it really that big a deal to have a podcast? Like, no, I don't think so. Sure, I talk a little bit about like drinking and smoking and boys on here, but like that's a part of most people's personal lives. I don't name drop my first and last name. I'm not name dropping company I work with. I've said nothing bad about any workplace I've ever been at. And that's also not me. I'm not the kind of person to say anything bad. Like, I'm really grateful for all the experiences I've had. I think they're going to really, really build up those blocks of where I want to go. Um, so I don't think it should be unprofessional, but I don't know. And I'm also really scared for if my parents are fine, because they'll be like, are you crazy? You cannot talk about, like, smoking on the internet. Like, but here's the thing with fashion is it's a really creative industry. Like, I'm not saying that's correlated to, like, drug tests and stuff. But, like, it's just a lot of us are creatives who we have to live in the real world to understand our customer and be designers and be marketers. Like, I guess if you're logistics and operations, you don't really need to. But to be on the creative side of it, you need to live your life and, like, understand trends and people and culture. And there's only so much of you can do from that, from podcasts, documentaries, YouTube videos. Like, you have to just be in the world to serve the world, you know? So I think, like, and if you look at girls out there, like, Alex Cooper, um, Alex Earl, Emma Chamberlain, especially let's take her instance, Emma Chamberlain. She's built a lot of her credibility on being kind of a social figure that lets them be good at fashion and a good asset to helping build marketing teams on brands. If you look at like Kate Bartlett, Hannah Harrell, fashion influencers, where as I mentioned, I don't want to be an influencer. That's not my vibe. I want this honestly to be kind of like an audiobook, I guess. I want it to almost be like a writing, like something that has a lot of credibility and intelligence. But then I also talk about like going out, so I don't know. It's all about just like the human condition. Like I'm imagining like people find this 100 years from now. I can see into the life of what it was like to be a 20-something-year-old girl in 2023. Like I don't, I don't know. I want it to be something that's somewhat intellectual but also observational and commentary i think it'll grow and be more intellectual the longer this podcast goes like some episodes are going to be more and less serious than others but like i said there's girls out there like alex girl who talk about their partying on a public platform but like it i know she's probably not going i don't know if she ever wants to work in business i know she was a marketing major but like i don't think she, i i don't know her i don't know what she wants to do but like i don't imagine that her dream goal is to be like a cmo she probably will always be some kind of celebrity influencer who's just famous for living her life and us observing it honestly kind of similar to what emma chamberlain's doing but i don't know emma chamberlain owns her own company like and alex girl does too she has her own energy drinks like maybe those girls one day will be like cmos marketing partners for big corporate businesses probably not like i think they probably make enough wealth that and same with like hannah harrell kate bartlett other influencers they're probably at the point where like that is their full-time job and i don't know what it will look like that's also something i think on too what happens when these influencers turn 30 40 50 do they become like mommy influencers do they stay like aspen ovar that's what she's been doing or do you tap out and do you go back to the industry i don't know we're like i want to stay in the industry like i would be really really shocked if i gave this up and podcast it full-time it'd be fun i think it'd be good at it. like if it was ever that lucrative of a career i think it'd be wonderful to get to travel the world and spend like 
80% of my day living my life and 20% of my day recounting it to you guys and then editing the footage. And by that point, I'd probably hire someone to do that. Like, and give people those opportunities to help with my marketing and um, video or in like audio editing. That'd be great to give people those opportunities if I could build to that point. But I really do like corporate and business strategy and graphic design that I think I still want to do on a fashion, either editorial or brand label level. I don't know. So I'm thinking like, do these girls like Hannah Harrell, Kate Bartlett, Everton, like one day want to be creative directors at fashion companies? I don't know, but I don't think them talking about their personal lives would impede on that. Like Dior invites them to dinners and influencer parties where they go, I know there's a difference between like being an influencer and like being a professional that's respected by the company and asked for advice versus like kind of being the human billboard as an influencer for that brand. I do know there's a difference, but it's just gonna be interesting to see where those lines blur and where they should blur. Um, so I'm gonna try and put my like best foot forward professionally as I do this podcast. But like, if take example, talk toxic to me or Morgan Absher of Two Out Takes, it was just a passion project. Like, it's just something that brought fun and joy to the world. I don't think anyone should ever be reprimanded to doing that as long as in a safe and kind way. Like, if you're doing that makes you happy and makes others happy, like absolutely, that should be okay and celebrated and shouldn't take away from anything in the workplace. And if you really dig down deep into it, what does me like having a podcast interfere with who I would be as a business professional, if I can still like do everything I need to do in my job and do it well, I don't really see the overlap. The only thing I could see being of concern is like say one of our clients or like vendors found this, but my last name isn't there. So like sure they can recognize my voice, but like I'm not actually discussing anything from work here. And I'm not dropping my last name, so I don't think they actually could use it as something discreditory. I don't really know. That's the one gray area that kind of freaks me out, and I would see my parents' point. But times are changing. If people can't handle, like, my real life and what it is and what my voice is, then, like, that probably isn't the right job for me and the right clients for me to be working with, I guess. Like, I think a lot of, like, there's that quote from Bart Bass and Gossip where he's like, if you're soft in your home life, you're soft in your professional life, you can't be one and not the other. Like, if I'm wild and funny in my personal life, that can help me in my professional life. That can help me, like, make splash marketing campaigns. I can go viral. Like, I can use that part of my personality to help a company with their goals. Like, it doesn't necessarily take it away as long as I know the right way to channel it and keep it professional and keep it positive, which I think I very much so do, but we'll see. Anyway, so far off on that tangent, but yeah, okay. So I round out my senior year and I have this self-identity crisis in my it's just water era where I'm like, how much of my personality can I show but still be great at work? And I was actually just thinking about this. I was listening to the podcast Father Knows Something where there is an episode about a girl who like, pretty much she had issues with her home family so her boyfriend's family kind of taking her in and she feels really guilty about it because she's like i feel like i don't deserve this family that isn't mine like i don't know how to not feel uncomfortable sitting through a dinner with them and then the host of father knows something morgan after's dad is saying like if you just be yourself and let your guard down like people will love you and i completely agree i think the people meant to find you will find you when your guard's down you're at your kindest you're at your most genuine and i will say at work i put my guard up so high i definitely put up walls when i start a new job like i'm so hard working and authentic but like i just definitely get really scared that if i let people see everything they're gonna find something they don't like i feel the same way when i was like when i was dating and meeting new guys i put up really really high walls because i was really scared people to meet the new me even though I know when I relax and get into my element, I'm so good. 
and there's so much there to love. Like that was something my skinny coaches always told me, as I've mentioned in other episodes, they're like, you need to just relax, like let yourself be who you are your core and you're a great skater. It's when you're overthinking, when you're putting your own walls up against yourself that you overthink and freak out and harbor yourself into a hole. And that's a lifelong thing I think I'm learning how not to do. But the professionalism, it's new to me. I've only been full-time in the industry for a year, not counting my college experience for the past four years before that. Like, I'm still, I guess, learning where I can and can't be safe and showing everything about me. But so far, I'm happy I have this podcast, my phone call all at once to all my friends and all the people who want to hear it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where this will go at all, but... I guess that's my new era is now I've been in work recently. I'm not so much lost a little bit. I was looking at them like, it's just water face. But like, I think people at work are trying to get to know who I am. Like every weekend I'm off in a different city. Like I'm skiing in Minnesota this weekend. I'm going to Chicago like the next two weekends to see different sets of friends. Um, or what else am I doing? I think I have plans on the radar to go to Vail, either like Nashville or LA to see friends there. Like Hawaii's on the radar. And eventually I want to get back into international travel too, but girls got to save some moolah and vacation days to make that one happen. And I'm still doing my MBA. That was the thing I was saying too, like in college, I used to do client projects, be on executive boards for clubs, do internships, do capstones, and then also do college and do it really well and get good grades. So me and my best friend, the I stay up until 3 I'm talking about my theories of soulmates with the X. Um, we talked about like she's like it's kind of crazy all the things you do because I recap everything I do MBA, full time job that I work really really hard at like I don't have to bum it like I really really work hard at it and do like the absolute best I can do it in the hours I'm there and I think about it all the time when I'm off the clock. Um, this podcast I guess that's not really a job that's like a fun passion project. Um, graphic design, freelance, and coaching. Plus, like, being a good friend and family member. Like, even with all those things, I don't shut down, like, socially and travel-wise. And I guess I'm in a long-term relationship. Like, there's a lot happening, but I like it. I don't have it any other way. Um, so that's the current era we're in. So I guess that era of it's just water where I'm kind of secretive and lost and confused. and It's like, what's that one tale? It's like, we're lonely, free, lost, confused at the same time. Is that in Shake It Off? It might be. I don't know. Um, what album is that? Like, maybe, like, Evermore? I don't know. Someone else let me know. I don't know. Maybe it's her next album. Maybe it's her Eras Tour. Maybe this is, like, my Eras Tour. It's looking back on all my other Eras. No, it's not that. I'm not on Eras Tour level yet. No, for sure. Do you guys want to know where my future peaks, I think, will be? So, I definitely think I peaked once in high school with my Team USA, like, gold for breakfast era. Like, how can I ever top being an international national medalist? Like, that's been my lifelong dream, and I did it at 18. Like, that's awesome. But then I think socially I peaked in college. I had such a huge community of amazing friends who I still love all of them, but, like, we don't all live in the same city anymore, unfortunately. So, like, socially I feel like I peaked in college. Like, I'm, like I think Emma Chamberlain has a podcast where she tra- describes different Instagram aesthetics. I forget the other one she mentioned. Hers is, like, a casual Instagram aesthetic where she posts, like, chill photo dumps with no filters. Um... One, I think it was, like, clean girl aesthetic. I forget the other ones, but mine was definitely, like, the college royalty aesthetic. Like, it's people going on, like, boats with their college friends. And, like, yeah, that's, I would say that would be my Instagram vibe. Um, But it's, like, my real life. It's what I'm doing, so whatever. But then I think my next coming piece, I think it's going to be my 30s. I'm a fashion executive. 
have kids that I absolutely love, and then I'm traveling like the world and making the most of my life. I think I'm gonna have awesome 30s. I'm really, I'm actually really, really excited to turn 30. I'm not even like honestly the year. So right now I'm almost 23. 23 to 28 really freaked me out because I need to save enough money to like get engaged, get a house. At some point, I need to make my career line up. I mean, my boyfriend can live in the same city because I want to live together for at least a year before we get engaged. So I need to somehow line up my career, which is like not even close to lining up to the point of management where we can live in the same city that we're both at the point where we can like move our jobs to be together. So that's going to take like at least two years, live together for a year, financially save up money through those three years. So like that means I can't jet set off to Europe for months at a time. So we both have to build up our careers. I'm going to still have to keep waiting on that world travel I want to do. But I want to do it. I want to do it soon. I don't, I don't know. So do those like three things. Then like save up money, plan a wedding. And I, I'm, ex as you guys heard earlier, like I'm really excited to have my wedding. I think it'll be like wonderful, but like that's a lot. Um, like honestly, my like late 20s kind of stress me out, which is why I'm going boss to the walls in my early 20s. And okay, so don't get me wrong, I like my early 20s, but I'd say I like college more. <laughs> like, I really like my early 20s, but I just feel like you go from having the most integrated community to like being on your own and having to start over. But like, not wanting to start over because you still want to keep in touch with your old community. Like, it kind of feels like being the new kid in school. Um, I don't know, maybe some people thrive in that. I'm still, I feel like, struggling with it. And not struggling badly. Like, I think overall I'm really happy with my quality of life. Like, you guys heard all the things I'm involved in. I love every single one of those things independently. But I think I wish my life flowed itself together more easily. Where I feel like I'm putting a lot of forceful effort to accomplish all the things I want to do. Like, I have to make the time for work. And then coaching. And then graphic design. And then, like, cleaning and feeding myself. And then cleaning my house. And then traveling. And seeing family and friends. And my boyfriend. And... I feel like those things don't all naturally lend to being in the same location. Where in college they did. Like your school, your job, your friends, they were all in one city. And it was just nice. Um, so I miss that a lot. But like also it took me four, it took me two and a half, three years to get to that place in college. So let me give myself some grace. Let me give myself some time to get there. And it's also really hard with a nine to five because like it was that 70% of your day is work so like it's incredible i love working as you guys can probably tell by how much i do at once like i really do love work and i love working hard but um like it's it, when you're in a nine to five not like a more startup type entrepreneurial schedule that you set for yourself like it, it's your whole day you can't really focus on any of the other aspects of your life outside of work because it's as it should be like you should be focused on work but like that's just the dynamic and what it is so it's hard to kind of build up the rest of my life when I'm at the nine to five all day. But I love my nine to five and it's just unfortunate that's the whole thing I can't really talk about on the podcast because, and maybe that's a wall I'm putting up. Maybe I could talk about it and no one would care. I, I really don't know. I wish it was, but like, it's not a risk I'm willing to take for, I think, obvious reasons. So I can like pay my rent, build my career and do what I love. So whatever. Um, like I said, if I move out of buying, I think I will be able to, like, loosely, overheadly talk about what it was like being a buyer for people who don't know what it's like to be a buyer. Um, if I move into the marketing role, so that'll be cool. But, yeah, that's where I guess we're at on my Eras tour. So we got, like, the red and, gr like, light willow green 
Tree Cherry Pop album. Then we got, I'm seeing like light blue and white snow with pops of Barbie Pink Portland Barbie album. Then we got gold and like pastel light blue and light pink, like Rococo vintage gold for breakfast, like Princess Queen of the World vibes, like Marie Antoinette for gold for breakfast album. Then we got like black and white Zendaya, Mad Scientist, Alice in Wonderland, Mad Hatter vibes. Then we got, uh, what was the next one? Oh, COVID. What was I calling the COVID album? I don't know, oh, like the stealthy, like, ooh, secret, hush, hush, gray, black, silver album. Honestly, that album, I don't even think it's made. I think we just, like, delete that one. Um, <laughs> then there's, like, the Ferris wheel, cotton candy, snow globe. I think I like Ferris wheel best because I went to, like, the Ferris wheel at Coachella. I went to Lollapalooza, not Coachella. But it's kind of like, a Ferris wheel of, like, happiness going around and around doing things. I don't know. Whatever that, like, bright orange, yellow, firework, rainbow album is. Then in the sun and undone, which is like gold and black, mostly like sun-kissed golden hour funness. And then it's um, it's just water, which I'm, I don't like clear. It's not really like a cool vibe to it. Oh, what would my outfits be if I toured those albums? So if I did an Eras tour, what would each of the outfits be? This will be fun. Do you guys ever listen to like an album while you're driving and think of like if you were the performer, what you would wear? Probably not. That's honestly probably my synthesia popping off. Like the colors I see in my head when I hear words. It's probably how those colors look to me correlating with the outfit I would wear. I don't know. So for like the Cherry Bomb album, I'd probably wear like some kind of a red sundress with cowgirl boots. That would probably make the most sense. Um, and like a fringe denim jacket. To, and okay, I think it's weird the Eras Tour doesn't go in order. I, I actually didn't see the Eras Tour. I haven't seen the movie or it live in concert. Like, I don't think I was big enough of a Swifty to go. Like, some of my friends were going and they were like planning it. I was like, okay, if we get plans made, like, sure, I'll do it. I'll go. But I'm not personally going to be the one that waits in the Ticketmaster queue. Like, I'm not big enough of a fan. I want to take that spot from someone else. But both my friends who went ended up going with like their significant others in cities. Well, so it was the Eras Tour happened this summer and I just started working full time this summer. So I was like, I don't really know what city I'm going to be in yet because I started my training in Chicago but the headquarters aren't in Chicago so I like didn't really know what city I was going to live in yet so I'm like I can't really commit to like a couple hundred dollar concert where like it was Post Malone like I would have committed and like figured it out but like it, and actually I had to skip Post Malone's um what tour was he just on 12 care I wish I could have gone so bad but I literally had no PTO it was like my first three months of working and it would have been an eight hour drive honestly looking back at it I should have sucked up and done it but I just, it would have been, it would have been a lot. Oh, I should, I totally should have done it. That was my, but okay, also I f would have felt guilty going because I promised my boyfriend we would see Post Malone in concert together again. So I would have felt bad going with one of my other guy friends. And, stuff. and I already saw Quinex AI, which went 92, whatever. Um, I already saw him without my boyfriend with one of my guy friends. So I was like, I'd feel bad like doing that to Post Malone, who we both like even better than Quinn 92. Like I would feel a little guilty if my boyfriend wasn't there. Because we like both said that one day we're going to, we want to be like front row at Post Malone. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so that's why I didn't go to the Eras tour. But I want my Eras tour to go in order. So anyways, I have a red sundress, cowgirl boots, jean, like super, fr like the fringes would be super long, like super long fringe denim jacket with rhinestones. Okay, and there, I think the set of the concert would be like willow trees and it'd be super cute, like good vibe, fun dancing. And I think that would be like the star of the concert and hopefully be like outdoors, so it would be setting, it'd be super pretty and fun. I did love how Taylor Swift did love her with like the sunset colored, what would you call those, like tapestry fans? I don't know, that match the sunsets, those are beautiful. But anyway, then 
Um, what was my next? Portland Barbie. I think that one would almost be like cunty. Can I say that word on the podcast? Whatever, I'm doing it. Um, it would almost be like mean girls, like nostalgic, fun, as Olivia Rodrigo, high school vibes, like lots of pink. Maybe I would make like glitter snow from there. Think of like a Kesha concert. That's kind of how I'd imagine Portland Barbie going. Like lots of stars everywhere, kind of like 1989. That'd be super fun. Then um, I think Gold for Breakfast would be like the highlight of the tour, like smack dab in the middle there. Like, the same vibes as, like, Victorious and Percy Jackson when they're, like, climbing that massive structure. I'm not caught up in Percy Jackson. Ooh. I might make my friend get high and watch the new episode with me tonight. That's, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I had to turn on the highway. Now I'm driving straight in the sun with this winded-out windshield. Ugh, it looks so bad. Whatever. I, I can see enough, but, like, this sucks. Just know I'm not a happy camper right now. But, anyway. Kind of like that Percy Jackson vibe. Like, maybe I'll have big gold mountains or, like, moving platforms on the stage that go up and down. That can be a lot of height. Think of a Beyonce concert is the vibes I want. Like, super crimped hair, whipping my hair around a lot. Like, super confident, upbeat. A lot of stomping and drums and probably fires flaring up and down here and there. It'd be awesome. Then, um, after that one, it's going to be Mad Scientist. Which is gonna be, that's going to be a lot of screaming part of the tour would be Gold for Breakfast and Mad Scientist. Everything's going to be black and white, strobe light. It's going to be like a club. Like it's, oh, I never think I can describe In the Sun and Undone. So I'm going to release In the Sun as like acoustic versions of all the songs, like really chill ways you could listen to driving down a beach. And then Undone would be like EDM versions of the songs where there'd be like super, like the exact same songs, exact same lyrics, but the Undone ones would be like EDM pop versions that would be like amped up pre-game vibes because i don't feel like an artist has ever done that i think it'd be really cool but maybe an artist has and i just don't know who they are whatever it would be me but i can't sing for nonsense like you might be like oh you do karaoke all the time you might be pretty good no i'm i'm really bad like i promise like i'm like the worst singer you've ever heard maybe one day i'll get tipsy and show you guys i don't know it's really 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 quite horrendous like horrid um i've been saying horrid a lot maybe life's just horrid i don't know whatever so then we would have Mad Scientist, so yeah, like EDM, fog machines, strobe lights. Um, you know, like Olivia Rodrigo, she has a, I think it was on SNL, I don't know what it was on, where she performed, um, I think it was, was it Get Him Back? No, it was All American Bitch, that's the name of the song, I'm not swearing. Um, and she like is smashing cakes with knives and is looking kind of like a psycho. Um, it would be like that, like it would be like a super fun part of the concert. So then, that would be Mad Scientist. Then after Mad Scientist, maybe Stealthy would be like a soft part of the tour if I did release the album. Like I would just be at a piano, getting all of us in our feelings. Like Taylor Swift would do with like Evermore or sadder songs. Um, yeah, no, I think Stealthy album isn't getting made. It sounds like it would suck. Not that Taylor's like softer album sucks. Just like I think it would suck if I did it. Then, okay, so Stealthy's out the window. Then it was, I don't know, Carnival. Like maybe Carnival. Like you know that Rio parade. Maybe I call it parade. I don't know. Whatever that fun confetti, maybe, whatever that fun confetti festival of craziness album is, is that's going to be a lot like Lover. Just like, oh, I didn't go over what the outfits would be. I kind of lost track of saying the outfits. I went more into the stage vibe. Okay, backtrack. So Portland Barbie, I'm seeing like a pink latex, not latex, you know the Britney Spears where she's in the red leather suit. Kind of like that, but not leather. I'm seeing like a full pink rhinestone strapless suit with like go-go boots and then like maybe a fur jacket over it. Then the Beyonce one, gold for breakfast. I'm seeing myself in like an all gold leotard with my booty out and a big belt with bedazzles everywhere and like whipping my hair around like Shakira or J-Lo. 
um, super crimped hair and like fans under me blowing it around and like big, tall, gold studded boots. So yeah, gold for breakfast is a leotard. Portland Barbie's uh, like a jumpsuit, kind of like the jumpsuit Barbie wore in like the Dance the Night song in the Barbie movie would be pink instead of gold and have like a blue and white fur coat, like a light blue with white, really long fur jacket. So then after gold for breakfast would be uh, uh, Mad Scientist. Who? what outfit would I do for Mad Science? I feel like I want a really long cape that's like blowing and like the fans underneath the stage. And then I feel like I want all black or like black and white vertical stripes maybe. Um, I'm seeing kind of like a corset shape. Um, kind of also that Hannah Harrell picture, I guess, keeps coming to mind. Maybe some like accents of maroon. Or I could kind of look like a disco ball with a black cape or like a black disco ball could be really cool. Like just kind of a, like shorts connected to a strapless corset top and a huge black cape that's like whipping around and I look like a crazy person. Or if I'm crazy, should I have like red or maroon? Yeah, okay, maybe I look like I have on like a black sparkly disco ball pair of shorts and like tube tops are connected. And then like a bleeding amount of red and maroon coming out of my heart, like bleeding all over the outfit and into the undersides of this big, huge cape that I'm gonna like whip around the stage. That's what I'm envisioning. And then that works with the crimped hair from Gold for Breakfast. Okay, that works. Then it's gonna be time for a big costume change. I think I'm gonna change my hair into like a blowout for if we do stealthy. Okay, so if we did stealthy, I think I would wear like a dark, like gunmetal, silver, long flowing dress. Like, you know, when Taylor Swift sits at the piano with a ball gown on. It would be some kind of like Oscar de la Renta long mesh, kind of like what Hunter Schaefer wore the Golden Globes in 2023, like just windswept look. Maybe some kind of head wrap, like what Zendaya wears in June, um, where there's some kind of like straps in my hair flowing around. Um, as maybe opera gloves could work if I knew how to play the piano. I do not. Whatever. And like some dark rhinestones, all like dark gray rhinestones all over me. Then we go into the carnival one. Okay. I feel like the carnival outfit, it's giving Kesha concert again. And I feel like it needs to be really fun. I unfortunately didn't really like Taylor Swift's fringe jacket she wore on tour. I just thought it looked a little Forever 21-y. Otherwise, fringes would be... I want to look like a carnival costume. Yeah, no, that I want to look like a like trapeze performer in a circus. I want like big orange and yellow feathers on top of my head, a leotard, and then like big wings... I want to look like a bird of paradise. Like, you guys know the cartoon movie Rio? Like, I want to look like I belong on one of those parades. And, like, huge sparkly stilettos. Yeah, and I want to stop around stage and scream. It's going to be great. And I do like how Taylor says when she does love her, she has, like, the pink hearts around her eye. Some crazy euphoria gold gems all over my face. Maybe I wear, like, half a mask. I don't know. Super, like, cool um, carnival-looking vibe. I'm seeing orange. Like, maybe orange and teal could be cool. Like, orange, teal, and yellow. And, like, confetti everywhere is going to be super cool. And then, so, yeah, I feel like maybe we need Stealthy to have a break just between, um, Gold, Mad Scientist, and, um, whoever the carnival-themed album would be. We might need, like, a chill one to metal everyone out for a second. Then we get hyped up again. Then we go into, what's my, oh, under the Sun and Undone, that would be so cool because I could do a mix of, like, chill acoustic songs versus the EDM versions and, like, maybe some part in the middle of the album set list, I would, like, escalate them to something kind of in the middle, like a normal pop version of the songs that no one's ever heard before. So, like, maybe start soft and then go progressively into, like, the EDM and, like, 
what would the outfit be for that? I think maybe I take off the feathers and the mask when I'm still in the same golden, yellow, orange leotard from the Carnival album. And then progressively, like, as the songs get more into EDM, the lighting dims and, like, I don't know who I'd have to coordinate this with, but, like, I loved in 1989 when Taylor Swift had a dress that lit up with light bulbs all over it. Can you guys tell I just watched Taylor Swift concerts for, like, the outfits? Her music's incredible, too. She's a great songwriter. But, like, the outfits? Like, oh, my gosh, the things I would do if I had her budget. Like, I do like the outfits she put out, but honestly, the only super notable ones to me from the Eras tour were the Midnight Rain one, which had the custom Louis Vuittons boots that were all over to her thighs and, like, black and blue rhinestones and that jumpsuit. If I went to the Eras tour, I would recreate that. It was a jumpsuit, it was a leotard. I would recreate that Midnight Rain leotard with the fringes, that black and sapphire blue one. Um, like the way people have been recreating the lover bodysuit. And then the other body, or not body, so the other outfit I think I liked on the Air Store was the Reputation one, like the one-legged jumpsuit with a snake crawling up it. I thought that one was cool. Didn't like her Oscar de la Renta, like, ball gown. It just, to me, looked like a pink prom dress. I didn't think it was interesting. I think with Oscar de la Renta, you could have designed something much more intricate and statement. But she likes her ball gown. She's been wearing them since 1989 toward, I did see 1989 in person, so, like, whatever, that's her thing, good for her, but... I don't know if I had her budget, but I don't have her budget, so we're going to just be delusional and discuss. So I'm wearing this gold bodysuit, and as it goes more into pop songs, the lighting's going to get darker and make it look like black and teal, and by the time it gets to full-blown EDM, it's going to look black with tinier, not light bulbs, but like kind of like really tiny Christmas lights. You know like those fish that swim in the bottom of the sea, like the evil one in Nemo? That's what I want the bodysuit to look like. I want my tights to glow with, like, patterns of that and get to put on these knee-high boots. And so, like, I'm just, like, glow in the dark. You don't even see my face while I'm singing for, like, the EDM versions of In the Sun slash Undone. And I'm just, like, because you don't really need to see my face if it's EDM. Like, my voice was already recorded. I just get to, like, throw it in live somewhere. And maybe, like, Ed Sheeran, when we went on tour this year, his whole stage was, like, a record. And he had a foot pedal where every single tour he remade, like, I think it's his melody. I don't know, I'm not a music person. I don't know how this works. But, like, he, like, pretty much remade his own background vocals by, like, recording and looping himself singing. So I would do something like that while I'm glowing in the dark here. Um, so I would do that for In the Sun Slash Undone. And then we got to end with, it's just water, so then I'm going to make it rain on me. I'm going to wear, like, a light blue, silver, almost clear looking, probably leotard with shorts again, like a Leo that has, like, like a short jumpsuit, a romper is the word. Uh, and I'm going to just have it rain and pour on me, and I want to be in a glass box and, like, break out of it. And it'll be super fun. I'm going to stop around stage in puddles, like, Tom Holland and Umbrella. Literally exactly like Tom Holland and Umbrella, but, like, more clear, light blue than black sapphire yeah and then um that closes out the tour i think because what area did i decide i'm in right now oh i don't i don't know what area i'm in right now but that closes out the tour so yeah that's this episode good job Nina. i think that was a good one besides actually dropping your company name you ding dong uh besides that i kind of killed that episode so this one won't take a ton of editing as long as i can get the quality to sound good i'm just gonna edit out my company name and other than that oh and all the times i'd like break because i was passing a graveyard but yeah, other than that, episode's wrapped up. Let me know what eras you guys, I don't know, I don't know if you guys are going to comment what eras you guys would most want to see, but like, what would your guys' eras be if you had an eras tour? And like, you don't really have to like Taylor Swift to answer that. Just like, what are the eras in your life? Where were you at, like, emotionally? And how would it translate as a fashion vibe stage aesthetic, if you want to think about it?
I enjoyed it. It was therapeutic to me. I can't tell if this means I don't need therapy because I'm really good at like introspecting on myself and drawing connections or if this shows even more so that I need therapy, that this is my coping mechanism to understand my life. I don't know. Whatever. Enjoy. Okay. Bye all. Love you. Also, if any of you are a songwriter listening and you want to create them into real albums, um, I give you the permission. Just send me like a check. Okay. Bye. Oh, wish you all love, joy, and purpose. See ya.